Comforting the Chaos is a podcast by two people who want to do just that, provide comfort in the chaos of a world that does not always like to engage in the uncomfortable, yet necessary conversations that create authentic connection and help us heal from the things that have happened to us and around us. We hope to share what we've learned through our own experiences and continued healing and deep conversations to help others find comfort in the chaos as well. Join us for profound thoughts, dark humor, and attempts to leave the world a little better than we found it. Please remember that this podcast is not a substitute for professional mental health services. And if you require resources, please reach out to a local provider. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm one of your co-hosts, Paola Farman. And I'm Jackie Palms. Thank you guys for being here once again for episode four. Today's episode is entitled... Why aren't you crying? Yes. So today we are going to dive in a little bit to the the kind of the the norm that we've been given of like what anxiety and depression look like for everyone, really. Because as much as it's true that depression looks like, you know, laying in bed with your curtains drawn and the shades down and like not really wanting to do anything it also looks like going to work or (laughs) like volunteering at your kid's school joking laughing going out with your friends Mm -hmm. like it 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 looks like all of those things but I think I know well I know for sure in my experience I have had people assume that it was the, the latter when I am normally very high functioning <laughs> when it comes to my issues with depression and anxiety. Not that I haven't had my moments where it has been the I want to lay in bed and not do anything, but that is not what it always has looked like for me in the past. Hmm. For me, it's a little bit different. For me... Um... The person doing like making the jokes, yeah, trying to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see everybody else happy because sometimes I don't feel happy. I don't want. For me, it was hard for a long time to see depression as not a weakness. Yeah, but as some like more of like a learning, and I don't want to say learning, but like just a time. Yeah, you know. So for me, I didn't want people to see me as weak. Yes. Because I was down. Yes. And I didn't know how to get back up. Which I think is like the common misconception mm-hmm. with mental health in general. Like I would even like, you know, go to like the larger scope of like diagnoses that people have is that they're just so debilitating, which they can be. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they, that mm-hmm. sometimes they aren't, that they're so debilitating that like you can't function. Can't function. And that's not always true, <laughs> even if it's true sometimes. I know, oh, I want to make sure that there is a trigger warning for this episode because we are probably going to get into some some heavy topics, um, especially in light of like some pop culture events that have happened this week. So we will be mentioning and discussing suicide And we want people to know that we're talking about this topic. And then also, if you or someone you know is struggling, to please reach out to your local crisis intervention team or dial 988, which is the 
National Suicide Prevention Line, and they will get in touch. There'll be someone supportive for you to to talk to on that line. So I do want to preface with that because that's really important because I want to make sure that even though we're having a hard conversation today, that other people make sure that they have support going into talking about this conversation today. Yes, please. Make sure you reach out to the professionals that can help you. Um, And don't feel like it's a weakness, like I said. Like, get the help. It helps so much. And and just one phone call. Yes. It will help so much. Yes. And keeping in mind that, like, although it's important to, like, feel your feelings – it's important to also remember that feelings are temporary. They don't last for forever. And so making a huge decision while you're deep in your feelings that are temporary is, is not okay. (laughs) And there, there is, you know, there's a lot of hope even when there doesn't feel like there might be because that feeling of hopelessness is temporary. It definitely is. We've all, you know, had our struggles. Definitely felt like you weren't ever getting out of it, but it is temporary. Trust me when I say that. Yes. It's something that will eventually go away, even if it takes a while. And and yes, it sucks to be feeling those feelings. They won't stay forever. Absolutely. So we'll start off by, like, I we're going to talk about, like, a the event that happened this week with uh, Twitch and how much, how pissed off I got um, at social media. And we had already planned on discussing this topic of like what depression and anxiety look like because it's the holidays. And I feel like people get really wrapped up in things around the holidays and don't recognize that a lot of people are, struggling and and whatnot and so so what pissed me off (laughs) this week was like scrolling through social media and seeing people post about you know him dying by suicide and saying he looks so happy he brought so much joy to other people he was you know he was always smiling like he just posted on Instagram like a dance with his wife like he has little kids like you know all of these things and then you know saying he you know he's done x y and z for other people that have been good and and how could this happen like how could someone look so happy and the reason why I use the words that it it pisses me off is because like some People have the best intention when they're posting that. And it is shocking, I think, to some extent, except that that's the that's kind of like the stigma that like we're trying to dismantle, (laughs) I feel like. And a lot of people are trying to dismantle is just because you are smiling and good natured and like helping other people and you're always bringing a smile to other people's faces does not indicate that you are a hundred percent happy like with your own life that you're not struggling with anything that you haven't been through anything or whatever so I find it kind of interesting sometimes and 
that people like whenever especially like a of celebrity ends up you know dying by suicide they talk about they just focus on the fact of like how how could this happen and i it's not I even just, just a celebrity i will say this yeah. it's mostly people with money yes or um in a higher position that you know yeah. we would think we are in which to me is just you know categories and things like that right. but um more of people like with a higher status you know money wise they're you know you had everything you had the family you had you know the cars the house you know you you were happy like you were that's not what it means no and i i'm a very not materialistic person so far <laughs> and so like i all like i never really get the hype of like somebody wanting a ton of, of things like you know i i'm just like you know needing like the nicest car and like some big giant house that like you like has like nothing in it <laughs> basically like that you know that they don't like spend time there or whatever like i i i know the need for you know money to like be financially comfortable mm -hmm. like you want to pay your bills and stuff like that but the excess is always the the thing that i have problems with and so then when people start to equate excess with happiness I'm like, uh. See, to me, that's the problem. Like, I don't have a problem with people wanting more. Like, right. I'm not that person. Right. But it's fine. Like, if you want more, if you yeah. want better things, you know, that's fine. The problem is when you think that's what happiness means. Right. That's where the issue lies for me. Yeah. Um, because that's not what it means. No. There's so much more. And it could have been, you know, a mixture of so many things, which I can only speak, you know, for myself and, and, and that, but like, I can't see that, like, you know, maybe people have their families and they have money, but they somehow need to always stress about how to keep it going. Or, you know, there's so many other things that could stress them out, or maybe none of those things brought them happiness. But it doesn't matter whether you have money or not. Depression doesn't have a type, it doesn't discriminate. It does not discriminate. No, depression will get you whether you're the best person in the world, you know, or, you know, somebody who doesn't have the best intentions in life. Depression does not care. No, it does not. And I I have, a, a, I saw a friend that posted on Instagram about, you know, suicide in general, saying that, like, nobody that commits suicide really, truly at, at like, the core of their being wants to die. It's the fact that they're so tired from dealing with whatever they're dealing with and feel so exhausted by it that they feel like they can't go on anymore. And so it's like this like deep, deep sense of like hopelessness that like things aren't going to get better things, you know, and, and that's why it happens. So this this facade of like, oh, they look so happy. Oh, they were laughing all the time that really means nothing one like if you don't intimately know people right which is why like I'm such a huge advocate for authentic connection with people you know if you don't really know what's going on inside their hearts and inside their life like how do you know 
That's why it's so surprising. Right. Yeah. And so I think having worked in the field and like having had patients, like knowing what, how they would like, you know, come to the front desk and check in and be chipper and then how they would be in my office and fall apart. I feel like it's more, it's probably more commonplace for me to think of it that way because I've, I've seen it in real life. And then also like I've experienced that myself. Like I, when I went through my worst bout of depression, I didn't miss work. I went to work. I probably worked extra. I worked (laughs) overtime. Like I didn't like, but then I would go home and I would fall apart and not want to do anything else. But when I was in front of people and like, I felt like I needed to like keep up this facade. I, you know, I always did really well at my job. I was always laughing and, and joking at the time I was working as a server. Like I was always laughing and joking with the customers and, and whatever. And like, you know, when I, when I had my own suicide attempt and disclosed it to people afterwards, people were shocked. And I would not be surprised if people thought I was making it up. (laughs) Because I didn't I didn't I wasn't crying to anybody. I mean, there were there were a couple people like intimately in my life that knew that I was having a really hard time. But outwardly to the world, I was not struggling because I was doing well in school. I was doing well at my job. I, you know, it it wasn't a like I wasn't clearly I didn't look like what I think they thought depression looked like and for a while I felt a little crazy about it myself because I was like why am I like doing all of these things even though inside I feel so broken so let me ask you this do you feel like feeling alone because nobody knew made it worse for you I think So I tried to tell my parents how unhappy I was. This was in my early 20s. I tried to tell them that, like, what I felt like was happening at home was dysfunctional. What I felt like was happening with my need for a relationship to help me escape at that time Mm -hmm. from my family, which is what I thought it would do, and, like was not healthy at the time either like none like nothing that was going on Mm -hmm. socially for me was extra healthy Mm -hmm. and so I tried to tell them and they could not take accountability for the fact that their relationship and how they how toxic they were together and like how much pressure it was putting on me to like be in the middle of it all the time Mm -hmm. was affecting me like it was more like a you're making a big deal out of nothing whatever like there was not really like accountability there so I did reach out in a way and so I think it was just I don't like when people say that like people will 
try to do it for attention. But Mm -hmm. I do feel like I was screaming (laughs) for help in a way. And I think it was a lot for my friends to handle at the time because I just constantly talked about like myself and how stressed and I young. was and we were young yeah. yeah we were very young and would talk about how upsetting my family was but then again you know like in a in a professional stance and at school and stuff like that I wasn't acting like that I was doing everything yeah. I, I needed to do because I feel like it was like a way for me to feel like something was going right even though everything was kind of falling apart in the background well that's the thing like again back to the topic of what depression looks like depression is not just always sadness no and it doesn't always look like sadness like that's the 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 difference in it and i think that that's what people mostly think like oh she just doesn't go out she stays alone in her room all the time and she that's why that's depression right but no depression is i'm sad but I'm still going to go out and try to like see if things change. Right. Or I'm not going to show them that this is... Because another thing is, a lot of people see telling other people about depression a burden. Yes. Which, to some people, it might not be, you know, like something that they can handle. But to a lot of us, it's definitely something we want to hear. Like, right. for me... I'm fine. Maybe some days I'm going through my own thing and I might not be as helpful as I want to be. Right. But... If anybody's ever feeling that way, that's something that I will like, like to know, you know, to make sure that I can like help in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, I might not be the answer, but at least I can like figure something out or help you figure something out. You know, like, yeah. that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of times when people are depressed, they feel like, you know, if I tell this person, I'll just be a burden because all right. I do is complain. Um, you know, we've been there before. Well, because if you don't have the right people to tell, I like, you know, like me point. telling my parents that I was feeling completely overwhelmed. They weren't, even though they were my parents, they weren't really the right people to tell because they didn't really have, they didn't really have the capacity to, to do that. And And when they found out, they were they didn't talk about it like my mom like wanted me to like sleep in her bed with her and then she said you have a lot of issues and you need to go to counseling and I had to set it up by myself I didn't have support after that happened nobody took me to the hospital nobody helped me get into therapy I had to like have this like self-motivated task of like doing it and then I'm glad I did I'm glad I did now but at the time it was awful <laughs> it, I, I felt lonelier after that and then you know and my dad would bring that up years later especially when he he was like well you probably should have gone impatient and I was like yeah yep you should have. You should have taken me to the hospital. And nobody did. <laughs> like, but he would try and, like, kind of, like, make it, like, this, like, jab, kind of, to, like, try like, and make me feel you. bad about myself. Mm-hmm. And and at that time, you know, I, I had been in therapy for several years. And I was like, I no, <laughs> you're right. Yes, I should have been. So I don't know what you're trying to say right now. But, like, yeah, like, I, 
somebody should have gotten me more help. I shouldn't have been going through that alone. And that's my thing. Like with you saying all that, I think the biggest thing with depression is not giving up until you find the right people for you. Mm -hmm. I think that's so hard, but it is possible because I think you talk to this person and it's like you feel nothing still. And then you talk to this person and they just, you know, can't handle it or, you know, it's too much for them, you know, or you feel like, how do I say this? You feel like you're almost hurting yourself. Right. You know, by not getting kind of like what you need. Right. But there is a right person for you eventually. It might take days. It might take months, years. And it might is a person just be your therapist at first. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, yes, because I know from working in the field, a lot of times with the particular location that I was working at, because I, I worked at a methadone clinic and the people that would come in had never been a therapy before, had very a lot of trauma coming in just from their experiences, right? Because I personally, like, I feel like substance abuse and mental health and trauma go, they're all holding Mm -hmm. hands together. And so when, you know, I would sometimes be the first person that anybody had ever trusted to say anything to about anything Mm -hmm. or even, like, feel okay with, like, exploring the idea. And I, you know, would always say to them, like, I feel like this is a really good growth opportunity because now you've realized that someone can handle your stuff and that your stuff is not a burden. And that means, like, I am not the only person out here in the world that can handle your stuff. Like, there will be, like, some kind of support person. You just have to find your own healthy people. That's really hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. But all you need sometimes to get started is one person to make a difference because the rest of the work is up to you for sure which sounds daunting Mm, i think very very. (laughs) when you realize how responsible you are for your own stuff and i and and so i will say like so going from you know i mean i i struggled with like thoughts about hurting myself in like my teenage years too but I never did anything because I was so kind of hopeless and felt very very trapped in my life at that time and I so I've like kind of gone through this like evolution right of like what it was very secret right I didn't especially when I was a teenager I was not talking to anybody about it that was a very lonely time of talking about it then in my 20s I like dip my toe out there but then I feel like I just like sound like a crazy person when I'm like obsessing Mm -hmm. over all of these things that are wrong so I don't tell everyone that all the time although I did overshare (laughs) some with people I feel like when I was younger because I didn't really know boundaries I didn't know what to do with that or whatever now like as I'm older and I've had I've had other experiences in my life since then that have been traumatic and still have you know issues with depression although anxiety is really my my overarching thing now I have said before like I've made it kind of like my mission on social media which is like sometimes welcoming and sometimes not to like your your new thoughts or whatever on things like I've been trying to be transparent with my journey one because they 
I always feel like secrets keep you sick kind of and so the more you put stuff into the light the less like it feels like you're just like keeping it all inside you feel a lot freer but then on the flip side of that I also feel like a lot more people struggle with things than they care to admit sometimes Mm -hmm. so if I am transparent and vulnerable with my own story and my own struggles that other people will be able to relate to that but for as many people that like relate to it there's as many people that still have very like good intentions but kind of old school thinking about what it looks like because like I've posted about my depression you know like struggles with depression especially like around the pandemic with people in like the past you know few years and people will respond like you know I've gotten a message saying like your kids really need you and I'm like yes yes they do and like I just because I'm sad (laughs) doesn't mean that I want to hurt myself like you can talk about being sad and struggling with depression and it doesn't have to be like the worst case scenario either I just feel like it's very much like this like spectrum thing and I don't think people pay attention to what it is sometimes I will say this for my take on this in the Hispanic community Mm -hmm. I will say that depression is something that's like not looked at in a way like a helpful way yeah Uh, it's more like no you're not crazy like and and they make you feel that way yeah I can only speak for myself but a lot of the times you know it's like you're not depressed you just you just need to get over it or you're not depressed it's just you it's just the time you'll get over it like you'll be fine I know that happens a lot it is getting better I can tell you that we are getting more education on it we are getting better. I think the new generation is working on that mm-hmm. um, because we do need to get the help. And I, especially in the macho Hispanic men, you know, you provide. You don't have to think about like you're you can't be sad. You can't look weak. You can't look you can't look depressed. Right. You know, all you have to worry is about working and and taking care of the family and that kind of stuff. Um, I noticed that a lot. Yeah. So a lot of men. You know, they don't cry. They don't show sadness. You know, they're strong. They try not to think of anxiety or stress. And I think that that's, that's a lot. It's a lot to hold on to. It's a lot to to keep locked inside. That's very heavy. It is. To carry. And I just wish, you know, I, I just hope that, it, you know, the changes are coming and, and more and more men and women, but... Um, you know, especially the macho men that I <laughs> come across in life, <laughs> that they they feel free because that's like my wish for everyone. Yes, to just feel a little more free. And and I think that people start to feel more free when they realize that like it doesn't we've talked about this in in past episodes we've at least touched on it right like we have very black and white thinking when it comes to Mm -hmm. what something is and what something isn't and there's we've said it before we'll say it again like there's so much more gray area in life so then kind of like when someone makes that assumption to say 
for me, it more or less like if somebody makes a comment that I feel is a little bit like antiquated, I get a little irritated because I'm like, oh, like I'm trying, like I just wish this was different. Like it doesn't really like I'm not like super angry at the person or something like that. Like I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking to myself like how I wish it was different because like people would feel much more supported if people had a broader focus of it. But the problem is, is that when people aren't as maybe self-aware, have not spent as much time Mm -hmm. like learning about it, or maybe they're very new in their journey and somebody says, makes a comment that is a little bit older school thinking towards something that they're going through, they might not necessarily take it the same way to like take it with a grain of salt because, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if someone messages me and says, hey, like your kids really need you. I saw you post this thing about feeling sad. I feel empowered at this point in my life to say, oh, yeah, I like I am very aware that like my children need me and that like I am taking care of myself. And there are moments when I'm sad and I feel comfortable talking about that. And um, I don't think it necessarily looks like what you think it might look like. Like, I feel very empowered to say that. But I think that there are other people when they're newer in their journey that if you say that same thing to them, they might feel like it's minimizing what they're going through. They might feel shame that that's what they're going through. They might feel like, oh, well, wait, like, I don't, I'm not feeling that. So maybe Mm. I shouldn't be feeling this way at all. Like, it's really easy. It's just me. Right. Like, it's really easy to shut somebody down Mm -hmm. instead of, like, empathizing, Mm -hmm. you know, and, like, meeting them where they're at, kind of, instead of, like, where you think they are or where you think they should be. And so you know, talking about this topic to say, what does it actually look like for people, I think is important to realize that it looks different for everyone. What what is what is anxiety for one person is not what anxiety is for another person. What depression looks like for one person isn't what depression looks like for another person. And in that same token, it may have looked like that at a certain time. And that doesn't mean that that's what it looks like forever. And then it also doesn't mean that because like that's what growth is, right? If you are growing in your life and like how you see things and how you look at things, it is going to look different. But then if an event happens that Mm -hmm. once again makes you sad, you're probably going to handle it differently than you did 15 years ago. You know, yeah, and I think that's what we have to look at that it looks different for everyone. Um, it's not the same, you know, and we sometimes will know clearly and sometimes we won't know, right? You know, it won't be as clear. But just to mention, like, to, and go back to this, yeah, again, while you were saying all that, it reminded me again of like, I'm gonna mention it again and I'll probably mention it a bunch of times after, but the movie Inside Out, ah, again, yes, um, with the sadness, you know, yeah. Like, they, Joy tried to stop sadness so many times. Yes. From allowing her to feel sad. Yes. The little girl. So, the the fact that, like, she's like, no, you can't. You can't. 
Joy was like, you cannot allow her. And I'm sorry if I'm ruining the movie for you, but you should still watch it. But, <laughs> you know, at, at one point, like, sadness is like, hey, like, she has to feel me to know you. Right. And I just, I know it's just a kid's movie, but it, like, it has so much more meaning. And, and again, in order for us as adults to find joy sometimes, we do feel the sadness. And I, and I wish, like, more of us just look at it that way. Um, and I know we won't. I know that it won't be as easy, you know. But and, and that's what I like. That's the take that that a lot of us need to learn in life. And and it's hard. I get it. I get it. Sometimes you feel like it's only happening to you. And why can it get better? Why is it just keeps getting worse? Why is it just me again? Why am I the one with such bad luck? I get it. You know, and then you think about, oh, someone's going through it worse than me, but I'm still like sad. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, validate your sadness. Right. And then, you know, also know, like we said previously, it is temporary. Yes. And I I will say, (laughs) like, personally, I've been in a, a bit of a rough patch lately just with like some some transitions and my family's had kind of a a tough year that I won't get into the specifics of that but even yesterday I was like I just kind of reached like this like peak point of like ah <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm so stressed and I like let go last night I was like sobbing crying like after my kids went to bed and it was just like me and my husband and I was texting Paula <laughs> on the phone to be like oh my god I'm like losing it because I don't like to let myself go there completely sometimes Nobody because does. it feels very like out of control and yucky and gross and there were times when I was crying last night where I was like oh my god pull it together like stop it <laughs> like you're fine but in reality then I like take it like this is growth right like this is I in that moment where I'm like oh mm-hmm. my god stop it I'm like no, you're sad. And the thing that you're sad about is sad. It's okay to cry. Like, yes. it's okay to, like, lose it in this moment because, like, it's all, like, it's it needs to come out for a reason. Like, you're not crying just to cry. Like, you're crying because it's a, it's a release of, like, all of this, like, mm-hmm. built-up tension over time. And, you know, it, I struggle with that but also, you know, I'm very aware that I'm not going to feel like that forever. I had a little bit of a rough start to the morning this morning, but, like, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but, see, like, even with that, like, you tech, like, we know what we know, you know yeah. what I mean? And we know that this is a temporary, te- like, temporary thing. But even with that, we struggle, you know, yeah. to get ourselves, like, because everything, like, I don't know. But for me, while I'm feeling sad, I'm like, I got to get myself back up. I got to get myself back up. Yes. And then I focus so much on that. Then I'm like, can I? Can I do that? How? Who can give me the answer? Like, there's all these questions in your head. Why Why am I crying? It's going to make it worse. It's going to make it worse if I feel so sad. It's going to make it worse. Like, you know? And even with that, like, with you texting me last night, what's the one thing that I kept telling you was like, express let it, yourself. Let, let it happen. happen. <laughs> be sad. Right. You can be sad. Right. And it's okay. Right. Because I know, like, how many times haven't we been in a situation where... We felt probably worse than, you know, what we feel sometimes. Right. Like it's just, 
for me, it's like, yes, go through it, experience it. It sucks. It hurts. It doesn't feel great right now. But, like, it's like that thing that sometimes I hate to hear, but there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like, it, it, there will be a light. Even if you can't see it right now. Right. There will be something coming. Like, there will be a calm. I feel like life is just full of bumpy roads. Yeah. Sometimes it's hills, like, okay. hills that are, like, <laughs> mountains, you know? But it's like, you you try to tell yourself, like, you know, I just got to get over this. Right. I just got to get over this eventually. Like, it doesn't have to be tomorrow, which I know that's my issue. Yeah. My issue is, like, I want to be healed tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow's when I'll be okay. Right. Oh, man, it didn't happen tomorrow. Now I'm really sad. Now can it happen the next day? Right. You know? And then it could take, like, a long time. But, like, as long as you're working on it, I think that's all just making it better now. Like, yeah. it's... Yeah. It's a lot. It's hard. And it's it's not easy to work on it like it's not easy to like sit in your in your feelings and I would say like even for me like it's hard for me sometimes to like sit in moments of joy and like it's hard for me to sit in in either one right like either side of the the spectrum so I have a question with that being said with us Obviously, you know, having a hard time, like, while growing up. Yeah. You know, I'm the kid that felt like, why does this keep happening to me? Mm -hmm. I was born to just be sad or feel this way. Yeah. You know? With that happening, so with you feeling like that all the time, you know, like it's happened to me, when you do have times that something great comes along Mm -hmm. or a good, like a good experience. Yeah. Do you feel like when you, let's say you just went through a hard time. I'm sorry. I'm going back to. No, you're okay. But let's say you just went through a hard time. Yeah. And you go out somewhere and you experience the time that, you know, any other day you would be like, this would be awesome. Right. But you're there. Do you feel like when, because you were depressed or because you went through that, you don't allow yourself to feel that joy sometimes? I think sometimes yes depending on the situation I think there have been times where I didn't recognize that the things could like coexist mm-hmm. that you didn't necessarily have to feel like just because you were feeling one didn't mean that you weren't feeling the other one kind of like I mean like even like after my mom died like doing something mm-hmm. fun like it felt like a weird like push pull right mm-hmm. to be like well I'm really sad that my mom's not here and I'm also having a really good moment like with my family so like kind of like feeling that like ugh, like kind of balancing act or whatever I think because it's not as commonplace for people to for like the outside world to kind of like be like but you were just really sad like how can Mm -hmm. you be happy now Mm -hmm. I don't think it makes sense to people sometimes (laughs) but like I think like that's how that like is a very like a good descriptor for like kind of how the world sees things at the moment Mm -hmm. like it like that black and white thinking and I think no matter what it kind of like when you're trying to grow past it and trying to learn past it there, uh, there's some quote, and I'm not going to say it exactly right, so I'm just like paraphrasing, 
that says about how you, your first response to something is like your conditioned response to it. Mm-hmm. And the way yeah. that you yeah. follow up to it and the way that you actually react or the way that you handle it is what is like the, the growth part of mm-hmm. yourself, right? So I feel like there's still that part of me sometimes, and I think this happens for a lot of people, that is like, uh, wait, like, am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do right now? Like, is this okay for me to feel this way? And then kind of like, sometimes it's easier to transition into that, to that joy space, knowing that you're still sad or that sad space, knowing that you're still have like things to be like happy about Mm -hmm. or whatever like it's a very much about like finding balance and I don't know how much of that we have in the general (laughs) world Mm. kind of which I think is a big part of the problem I think that's a part of the problem and then and then that's why Mm -hmm. people you know end their own lives and people are shocked because they don't realize that like I don't think people give other people or themselves enough credit for how complex we are as humans Mm -hmm. (laughs) i really don't i i i I think you're right i mean i think that for me that's one of the hardest thing and i will say this from my experience Mm -hmm. i think going through depression you know through my younger years and then educating myself more on it even though i was not getting the help that i needed Mm-hmm. At the time, mm-hmm. I still did some research and, you know, talks yeah. that we've had in yeah. the background. I think that educating myself on trauma, on depression, on feelings and things like that helped me a lot. But even though, you know, I am growing, I am, you know, thinking better. My mind is, you know, in a better place. And that doesn't mean that my life it's just perfect, you know, happy dandy. Like I right. have so many moments where it's like the up and down kind of thing. Even though when, when all that happening and I know better now, I have a hard time enjoying things. Yeah. And it's because it's almost like new to me right. to figure that out. Right. So for me, I'm not like, I can't enjoy this. Like it's just how I am. For me, it's more like, I'm going to like I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn slowly. It will come and I will find the joy, you know, in everything. Right. And it doesn't have to be everything. Yeah. But at least in the things that I really really want to do. Well, cuz I think it's hard when you're especially like initially mm-hmm. in that space, like mm-hmm. when it still feels like new territory to really be like, "Oh, wow, wait, like I'm allowed to like venture mm-hmm. out here. Like I don't have to just be over here Mm -hmm. in whatever feeling I'm having right like like it doesn't have to be like it is it is a little nerve-wracking to like Mm -hmm. dip a toe into like scary both sides (laughs) you know what I mean and because I think especially when you've had people be very uncomfortable with where you're at which I, I will say and this will be another thing that I I constantly say more like people's perception of what you're going through more often than not has more to do with them than what it actually does to do with you. Like it's their own experience kind of like projected Mm -hmm. onto whatever they think like you're going through, which like 
let's be honest, like that's a pretty common way <laughs> of relating to people. It's just whether or not people decide to be open minded to realize that like their way of thinking mm -hmm. is not the only way to think about it or the way that they've been taught is not necessarily the only way that it might happen. Like it's, it, yeah. you know, things are much more on a spectrum, I think. But like, I, I think it's, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to, to venture out there. And as hard as it is, it's a really beautiful place to be in. Like I can say that now as someone who is very like self-aware, very in touch with my feelings, very aware of where my stuff comes from, mm -hmm. <laughs> like why I am the way I am, like what, mm -hmm. you know, what I need to work on, like all that other kind of stuff. I can say for very certain that I, even though I am currently a little bit stressed about some stuff and mm -hmm. some transitions, right? Those transitions are rightfully stressful. Transitions are weird. Change like they're is just hard. Change is hard. It doesn't matter how much healing you've done. Like it's just hard when, when things mm -hmm. are changing. And I can still tell you, I'm still pretty content and have a lot of peace, even amongst the change. And so, like, I think that that is the difference. Like, when you really start, like, focusing in and, like, allowing yourself to be all of the things versus, like, either what you think you should be or what other what you think will make other people feel the most comfortable like i can tell you that like i from my own experience and i know my experience not everyone's experience mm -hmm. but like i have so much more peace in my life when i am letting everything be what it is because you're free it's that freedom whether or not i even fight with myself mm -hmm. about it a little bit right because again you know I, like i just referenced earlier that first response is what you've been conditioned to right so you know the example is last night me crying mm -hmm. technically me now is okay with me crying but the old me the conditioned me is mm -hmm. like get it together like stop it pull yourself up like you're you're okay like whatever and not that that's necessarily a bad intentioned thing mm -hmm. it's just that no like let me cry like, I'm not going to feel sad for forever. Like, I, but I do need to, like, let this out in the way that is constructive for me. So, you know, talking to conditioned response and then the, the response that I want to have. And I would imagine that the more you do it, the more you practice it, right, the more, you, the, the better you get at it, that that, that first response is much quieter <laughs> than the response that you actually mm -hmm. want to have but I I mean that's one of my my goals with the podcast in general is to just really normalize the fact that if I if I was crying and I'm, I'm talking to you mm -hmm. on text message or whatever and I'm telling you I feel really or not even crying right like if I just text you and I say I'm feeling really sad about this and then you call me and I don't sound how you think I should mm -hmm. because I said that I was sad and yeah. you say to me you sound happier than I thought you were going to mm -hmm. I like 
that I think is a, a would be a, and I'm not saying that this has happened with no. us or whatever, but I'm saying that would be a moment for you to kind of sit with yourself and be like, well, wait, like, what do I think sadness is? Mm-hmm. Did I think that, you know, because she's texting me, telling me that she's having a hard time with something that I'm going to call her and she's going to be like beside herself in like these like uncontrollable, you know, tears and like she can't get it together well, that's not necessarily true. Like, I can feel Mm -hmm. sad and I can articulate sadness to you without it being, like, me falling apart. You know what I mean? I mean, that goes to show, like, we see all these new, like, with social media, you see all these happy couples and happy families. And, you know, like, you know, days later, you see them getting divorced. And you're like, but they look like such a happy family. And I think that that's where, like... That's how kind of like everyone is. Yes. Like we always think that surface look, it's right. it. And because we're not all in touch with like the deep right. feelings, um, it's hard to see through right. that. Like you don't, because it's like almost like also that out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, she doesn't really, you know, she doesn't Which, talk about it with me all the time. It's She's fine. Right. Which I think is the importance of like the conversation of what does it look like to be supportive of your friends and the Mm -hmm. people that you're close to so that you're not shocked when they say that they're struggling with something. And I think that that has a lot to do with how willing we are to be vulnerable ourselves Mm -hmm. with other people. Now that is to say Mm -hmm. you, not everybody deserves your vulnerability right? Like you have to protect your, your space and your peace and your story and all that other kind of stuff. Like, uh, like that's why you can't like, like they talk about oversharing for a reason. Like you can't tell everybody everything that's going on in your life. But if you have found at least a person, if not a couple people to like feel like safe with and know that you're in a place where you can kind of like put it right with their permission, because I will always say that, like you have to You have to be aware of where people are at in their own life, like whether or not they can handle. And it's not because you are a burden. Mm -hmm. It is because like you're not in the same place. You're not in the same place or they're not in a place where they can hold it. And I don't think we always, you know, give respect to that sometimes. But like, how do you connect authentically with someone Mm -hmm. when you ask them how they are? Do you really want to know how they are? When someone comes to you and says that they're struggling with A, B, and C, Mm -hmm. are you able to sit with them in their discomfort, even if it is uncomfortable for you, are you able to sit and say, tell me more about that? How, like, how does that feel? That must be really hard to feel that way. Or that, instead of assuming Mm-hmm. that they feel a certain way and and there's something to be said for like having a conversation to say you know if you tell me that you're struggling with something and I say to you mm-hmm. that must be really frustrating I can make that assumption but I can also like I can also give you the space to say actually it it's more you know like I'm more really I'm more sad about it than frustrated mm-hmm. or something like it it opens like a, a conversation so like you don't have to put all of your feelings onto somebody else like can you sit with them and and be present and then my next question would be how intentional are you with other people mm-hmm. when 
you like with your relationship with them because if you ask I always go back to this because I feel it's it's the easiest example to look at but if you are asking somebody how are you do Mm -hmm. you really want to know the answer to that question or are you holding it as a placeholder like as like just like a routine thing that you're supposed to say are you you know are you calling someone to have a to have a place to dump your own stuff or do you also care about where they're at right now like i think there's just there's like a lot of balance and so like when we're looking at you know how do we have really authentic connections with people and then how do we sit with people in their own discomfort? Like, I mm-hmm. think that there, like, there's some deep introspection that, like, needs to happen. And, like, you really need to get curious about yourself and where you're at and how you feel about it without putting that onto someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's how, like, what happened with me in a way. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, going through my own stuff, but now I'm a little bit more aware of other people's as well. Right. Um, so I can tell, you know, like sometimes I might not always say the right things, you know, and, and nobody be the will perfect help. But like I can see myself, you know, understanding, be, being a little more understanding. Yeah. And not just going by what my beliefs are and what I think is right as well, which I think is very hard for a lot of people. Like we were all like brought up differently. Yeah. Uh, We all have different, you know, beliefs, different cultures and things like that. Right. So all that's like factors into that. Like that's why we say like not everyone's going to be your right person. No. Um, And you have to be careful with oversharing and all that. So and yes, I completely can relate and understand um, I'm I'm a little more aware now that I'm getting older, and I don't know if it's maturity or, you know, time and experiences, but I I can see myself. I can say that I'm doing better. With like, with being able to be present, being with more present and yeah. understanding. Yeah. You know, with with somebody else's situation, and not right. just you know what I think and what I believe, right. what I'm feeling. And it's hard. It's because, again, like that's that's like your conditioned response, mm-hmm. right? Like that, like whatever exactly. your experience was is what you're used to. But that just because you like think of something in a different way mm-hmm. doesn't even invalidate your own experience, yes. right? Like it like we have to get very comfortable with the fact that like things can coexist with each mm-hmm. other. Thoughts can coexist, coexist with each other feelings can coexist with Mm -hmm. each other and that our experience with you know somebody somebody might say to you you know like even you know if some like I was saying earlier with that like earlier example right like if somebody messages me when I'm sharing something about like feeling sad about something Mm -hmm. and they say oh your kids really need you Mm -hmm. I I can't I can take that personally, right, and say, like, oh, like, what it, What do you mean? Like, what have you noticed about, like, how I feel about my children? Or, like, what, like, what mm-hmm. kind of judgment are you making on my parenting? Or I can look at it and say, I wonder if that was their experience. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. if they saw someone, like, their experience with hearing somebody, you know, talk about being sad. Mm-hmm. And their experience with that person is that, 
they were very like on the edge with their mm-hmm. feelings and things and they didn't realize that people cared about them and loved them or whatever. And so that they wanted to offer that reassurance, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what their experience was instead of like assuming the other. And then I think that there's also a way like when you are in the place that you are, and I feel like a lot of people have to get mm-hmm. a lot more comfortable with it and it is hard work to get there is to say, I'm going to validate that that is Mm-hmm. what your experience has been and here's what my experience has been because that's how we that's how we grow like that's mm-hmm. how we learn i think that's how we connect more authentically with people is realizing that it's not our way or the highway mm-hmm. like there's several different paths yeah we're all not going to be the same people right. in this world right right like that's the beauty of it right Yes, I would agree with that very much. And I think that that's that's like the parts that I think I'm learning as I go. Yeah. Like how much more bigger than I thought it was for everything. Feelings, life, experiences. It's so much more. Right. And that's when like I think my one teacher, I remember she always used to say, never stop learning. Yeah. You don't. You really don't. It could be about anything, education-wise, education-wise, or even dealing with your own emotions, anything. Like, it's just, life is so much involved Yeah. than, you know, we think it is. So, with all this being said, again, we just want to repeat that. If you need help, please, please, please reach out to a professional and, and try. And it doesn't mean that the first one's going to be the best one sometimes you have to keep trying and I know that sometimes you just feel low and you feel down but please just keep trying we we know sometimes it's not the same for all of us but again if you need any help and you feel like you have no exit just make sure you call reach out to whoever but if you would like professional help just call 988 um I'm I, we've we've covered a lot today and I feel like this could probably like we'll we'll touch on this again because it's part of like breaking the stigma for for mental health in general and I found this quote this morning which I felt was very appropriate to <laughs> to read um, and it says no one talks about how exhausting it is to pretend to be okay Moving through your day while grieving, sad, angry, anxious, depressed, etc. requires a lot of effort. And so I would just encourage you to be mindful with the people that Mm -hmm. are in your circle and check on people even when you think that things look like they're going okay. And even if they're smiling and even if they're, you know, whatever, like, that doesn't mean that somebody doesn't need someone else. Um, we have a we have a culture that's very focused on independence and and celebrates that. And really, there's so much more beauty in connectedness. And and I would love to see us get get back to that where that really is what means something. But thank you guys so much for being here for episode four we're really glad you're here with us and as always like i like i say at the end of every episode please feel free to uh follow us on instagram at comforting the chaos and join our facebook group which is also entitled the same um where we have some really nice conversations going on in there a lot of the time that that always make me really happy to 
to be a part of because that's the goal, right? Is to like create some community around some some difficulty and see the beauty. Yes. In that. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Until next time. Have a good one. Bye.